Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to the Are You Listening podcast, the podcast where one of us has listened to this record prior to this recording, the other listened to it only a week prior to this recording, and we're both... <laughs> convening here to talk about said album that the one who you get it, it you know what's going down i'm brand i'm here with my friend scott scott other than your new injury you seem to have every week uh oh, what's up geez. how are you doing other than having a grade two to three sprained ankle i'm pretty good you just got too excited about top gun and you said i gotta get out <laughs> on that beach i gotta get out and play some volleyball and really show what's up and your body oh. said no Man, it's it's wild how uh, you can injure yourself pretending you're a teenager still at the age of 40. And I'm assuming you had your shirt off. You were all greased up. You had some Absolutely aviator shades not. on. <laughs> you had some aviator shades on and you said, let's go. I'll take anybody down. Yeah, no, it was it was not not good. Like warning to everybody out there. If you're playing backyard volleyball, make sure there's no holes in the area in which you're jumping around. If we're being honest, that is kind of the homeowner's. Uh, nah, mm, I think you have a lawsuit on your hands here. Eh, that's not happening. Homeowners, let's get them. Let's get that homeowner's <laughs> insurance. Have them pay it's, for your medical bills and then family. some pain and suffering. It's family. Nothing brings a family closer together than a nice lawsuit. lawsuit. Everybody knows that. Everybody sure. knows that. <laughs> sure. As much as I love staying at home. Being confined to a couch for an entire week has kind of sucked. But because you were stuck at home on your couch, I assume you had plenty of time to listen to this week's this week's album. Oh, I did. And this week we are covering Endless Mike and the Beagle Club's The Husky Tenor. Yep. So uh, right off the bat, I'll give you a little rundown of the band here. Couldn't get like a super lot of information here because, I mean, as you know, this is a local band to me. Yeah, local, local, like for yes. real local, like like actually local. Yeah, not saying like Pittsburgh area, like no, like no. the the town. I've played a basement show with them. Like yes, like local, local band. It, it's in like the first line of the first song on this record. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. it is. So I'll run down some about the band here. Uh, input wherever you feel necessary here, Scott. Cool. Endless Mike and the Bill Club is best described as, quote, a singer-songwriter with a very loud punk rock band. Love it. <laughs> and that that's how they kind of always been explained. That's how they've always kind of referenced themselves even. Okay. First formed in Johnstown, Pennsylvania in 2004, the Beagle Club quickly grew from being a solo project to becoming a full-blown indie punk orchestra. At times, band leader Mike Miller performs solo on piano or guitar, while other shows might find him with a band of up to 16 members. Yeah, you can hear it on some of these tracks. Like, there's a lot going on on some of these tracks. Yeah, and those 16 members are on any strings, horns, drums, electric guitars, percussion, just anything. Yeah. Anytime you would go to an Endless Mike show, you wouldn't know how many people were going to be up there, but you knew there was going to be a grip of them. <laughs> Right, right. 
there could just be five people playing different size tambourines. There could just be oh, man. a guy playing a cabeza, like just insane fun stuff going on all the time with the band. The main bright spot for Endless Mike, other than the music that I very much enjoy, is live show experience was insane. It was absolutely oh, just a blast. Yeah, I bet. No matter the arrangements, Miller's lyrics remain the focal point with songs about the significance of the insignificant, the alienation of modern <laughs> man, and the hope that everything can change. Live shows are inclusive enough and upbeat, guided by the idea that if we're all in the same sinking boat, we might as well go down singing. Love it. This album that we're talking about today is mm-hmm. Endless Mike and the Bugle Club's second release. This is their second album. Okay. I have a wrap up later where I will just tell you like what else they've released, but we're just talking about this album as of now. Sure. And this album, as best that I could find, was released May 6th, 2006, which if you're keeping track and listening to every every one of these episodes, that's like three weeks after Ice Nine Kills put out Last Chance to Make Amends. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. So there is some similarities on these billboard charts, but I think I yeah, got enough sure. that we can get through it. Cool. So on the Billboard 200, May 6, 2006, number five, we have King by T.I. There it is. Which is what you discovered that you were probably listening to around this time because a lot of the other stuff was not in your realm at all. Right. (laughs) Number four, this had to be on the spin for you. Absolutely. Uh, White Trash with Money by Mr. Toby Keith. No, no, <laughs> no, no, that was nowhere near anything I was listening to. Nah, I think that was on. It was, it was in the rotation for you, man. I, I think we had a Toby Keith restaurant at the mall around oh, yeah. that time. And I never went in. Like, I was like, I can only imagine the people that go into that place. I can't even imagine. It had to just be like American cuisine, right? Like. You just eat mac yeah. and cheese and steaks. Like, that's it. That's what I meant. I imagine, like, burgers and steaks and, like, country food. At number three, we have the High School Musical soundtrack. Still rotting the charts here. Yeah, nope. Not for me. Number two. This is where I realized how it was these like, same Billboard charts, essentially. Mm-hmm. At number two, we have Now That's What I Call Music, number 21. <laughs> oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, still, it was, still it was cut from the episode, I think, but uh, we went over the list. Of, we went over the track list on that thing, and I didn't know any of those songs. Yeah, it didn't uh, didn't prove my point that I wanted to prove <laughs> that the now, the now records are good. But No, that one's terrible. It was garbage. It's not great. Honky Tonk with Donka Donks on it, and that might be the cherry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then number one on the Billboard 200 week of May 6, 2006 is Me and My Gang, Rascal Flats. Ooh, nope. I'm not a Rascal Flats guy either. Like, it's funny because I don't mind country that much, mm-hmm. but like, there's definitely, I'm definitely on the outskirts of country, the stuff that I like. Because like, Toby Keith was huge, right? 100%. I can't stand one song i can't stand one song and then rascal flats are gigantic and i'm not there either like the the only one that i can stand is the one that's on the cars movie soundtrack and that's a cover of life is a highway oh yes that's not their song yeah it's not even their song (laughs) i there's probably a few toby keith songs i like there's probably a few i can't name them off top but there's probably a few rascal flats there's i think there's one really emotional song that like an ex-girlfriend's mom used to play all the time oh wow it was super weird at the time but now when i hear it i'm like you know what song's not awful (laughs) (laughs) and then a few i added on here just uh for talking points at number 17 we have a fever you can't sweat out by panic at the disco yeah i know that one it's not it's not I, bad. I think I that was their know. first one. Was there any uh singles on that that I would know? Oh yeah. There was Dance uh, Dance. That's later, right? No, that's that's Fallout Boy. I told you I can't keep yeah. them straight. <laughs> I, well, Both of them are the same band. Panic came out on uh Pete Wentz's record label. Like he discovered them. So they yeah, came as out. As you've told me. Yeah. They come out they're the same band in my head. They came out the same time. They right. have the same fan bases. I can't get it. They I really do. Well, they used to back then. I don't know that their fan bases are similar anymore because Panic at the Disco went very pop. But off of off of that record was the uh, 
I chimed in with, haven't you people ever heard of oh, closing a, a goddamn door? No. Yeah. That's a jam. I love that song. And I yeah, don't like Panic the Well, no, I can't say that. I can't say I don't like Panic the Disco because I haven't tried enough Panic the Disco. But yeah, that's, that's on that one. And that, that song was all over the place. And it's fun. It's, it was a good yeah. track. I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was heavily anti that kind of music when it came out. And I think I probably talked mad shit on it to a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure I did, too, because, like, it was too happy. Like, it's I too peppy. So. And then his vocals were just way too good to be in a punk rock band. And That's I was true. Just, I was like, there's no, no, I can't like this. But then, like, now I friggin' love it. His voice is phenomenal he has one of the best voices right now there's a reason that band succeeded his range is nuts oh yeah but i think he's the only remaining like original member of the band now i think okay. it's just brendan yuri i think it's just him and then so he so he is panic of the disco essentially pretty sure yeah another one at number 19 we have break away by kelly clarkson good one she's and i solid. knew you're a Kelly clarkson she, fan yeah I knew it. she's so solid she was the winner of the first American Idol, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Emily and I watched that. Yeah. Second was Ruben Studdard? Was it? Or was he the third? I don't know, man. But yeah, Kelly Clarkson, was, she was the star of that show. And then it was never the same after that first season. I didn't like it afterwards. And then number number 43 on the Billboard 200 of May 6, 2006. And I only put this on here for you because I know how much you love them. I know how much you love talking about them. It is It's Time by Michael Bublé. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, great guy. Go ahead and say it. Great, great dude. He great is. musician. Yeah, can't help it. <laughs> his voice is phenomenal. He, uh, and his he, father populates, my, he populates my Christmas rotation. So then moving on to the Hot 100 for May 6th, 2006. At number sure. five, I think I recall your, you saying your wife loves this song, Unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We had a I forget what game it was on the on the PlayStation. I think it was like a karaoke game. And uh, she killed that song. Just over oh, and over. Love that song. Yeah, it was that. Just it was over. that one. <laughs> uh, at number four on the Hot 100, we have Chameleon Air with Raiden. Oh, the Ryan Dirty. Do you remember who the feature on this was? Because I did not. I know there was a wild feature on it. Shit, who was it? Wasn't it Snoop? It was Crazy Bone. Crazy Bone, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's so crazy. That's so nuts. I yeah. completely forgot that that was the feature on there. And yeah. It, I don't know if that feature has helped it to number four. I'm going to say it didn't hurt it. Number three from the aforementioned uh, King album by T.I. It's What You Know. You're sitting at number three. Yeah. Big fan of T.I. Number two, I think we talked about this one too much, maybe, last episode, and I had to cut out <laughs> me singing it because it sounded offensive. Temperature by Sean Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did talk about that a bit. I was just doing like, I was just singing the song, how it's said, but it didn't sound great when I listened it, back. So I it was did like, this not sound good. right coming out of your mouth. This, yeah, this isn't good. I, I should not be doing a Jamaican accent of any kind. <laughs> and then at number one on May 6, 2006 of the Hot 100, and this is... It's fifth week at number one. Oh, okay. Uh, it's Bad Day. Do you remember the guy who was who did the song Bad Day? Oh, so man. he had a bad day. Like, just I told you two weeks did ago. did just tell me, and I can't no. remember. No, nope. I didn't remember it when I saw it. <laughs> Daniel Powter. P-O-W-T-E-R. Daniel nope. Powter. I couldn't have guessed that for a million dollars. So then because those five were kind of... In the mix before, I grabbed a couple ones off the list just to talk about briefly here. Sure. At number 21, I feel like you'd have an opinion on this. It's Where'd You Go by Fort Minor featuring Holly Brock. Oh, man. I love that song. Fort Minor, I, I think, is is a great side project. I've um, never like listened Shin to anything. you never listened Fort to Fort Minor? Oh, man. I don't think so. It's Mike Shinoda's side project. So Mike Shinoda from I, Linkin Park. I knew that. Yeah, it, it's a hip-hop heavy side project. And there's some... Oh, man. You know what? You might get that this week. I'm, you might get I'm it this week because I have no idea what I'm picking for you. Okay. Usually I have... 
And since it just came up, I know you've done it to me. It, that might be it mm-hmm. this week. I, I knew you'd have an opinion being a huge Lincoln Park fan, as well as just a known Mike Shinoda fan also, I think you've said. Yeah, uh, I am I am a big Mike Shinoda fan, but then he he's doing a lot of like, just like hip-hop tapes, like instrumental hip-hop okay. tapes that yeah. tricked me. He tricked me with it. I thought he was coming out with another like, I thought it was going to be lyrical uh, hip-hop. And it was it was not. It was just instrumental. And I was like, oh, you got me this time, Mike Shinoda. Next, I got at number 26, we have Poppin' My Collar by 3-6 Mafia. I, I've, I don't think I've ever listened to 3-6 Mafia at all. Like, never a track. I don't think so. Like, maybe something on the radio that hit a while ago. Yeah, but I would say I, maybe, maybe Riding Spinners, you've heard. I, I couldn't tell you, man. Next up at number 78, we have Taking Back Sunday with Make Damn Sure. One word. Make Damn yep. Sure. Make, yep. make sure. Damn Sure. Uh, make Damn Sure. I think we've talked about it before off of my least favorite Taking Back Sunday record. Which I didn't know was a hot take, apparently. That's a, that's a hot take yeah, to Taking Back Sunday fans. I didn't know that either. <laughs> Somebody posted that they're coming out with a new pressing of that record. I think it's called Louder Now. And I had mentioned that it was where I fell off for taking back Sunday. And like three people got all, all over me about it. Like real quick. Oh, I can't <laughs> believe that. Nobody's ever said that before. <laughs> I was like, Whoa. Yeah. You're Whoa. just the king of hot takes when it comes to taking back Sunday. Who knew? I, I guess that's when everybody else jumped on. I, I really dug their first two records. And then I actually think one of the, I think the guitarist and uh, harsh vocalist ended up leaving the band at that point. And, and then, then you just were like, you know, I'm going to leave with them. Kind of. Uh, the way they were singing changed. They did a lot of that um, that back and forth singing that I, I think we've talked about before on an episode. Uh, and they stopped yeah. doing that so much on that record. And I was just like, nah, I don't need it now. Like they were really cool and really out there and really original and then just turned into just a regular ass band. I need something new. Maybe it was this uh, squeaking in to the top 100. Sorry, the hot 100 of May 6, 2006. It is The Adventure by Angels and Airwaves. Yeah. Yeah. What a good record. Uh, I, th- I think that's on the list. Was that the new that you were looking for at the time? Quite possibly. So that's Tom's like second side project, but really his main project now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As far as music his, goes. I mean, his only project, I believe. I don't think he's doing anything else other than looking well, for aliens. Well, no, he's got this. He's got this gigantic business called To The Stars. That they do a lot of production work for a lot of different things, um, like to fund him looking for aliens. Quite possibly, sure. Listen to that name, to the stars. That's all he cares about. Oh, I know. I'm good with it. <laughs> Go find those aliens, bro. I want to know for sure. But I loved Boxcar Racer, and then I, Angels yeah, of Airways. Every, I think everybody did because yeah. that was just the perfect album at the perfect time with the perfect people involved, and it was so emo. It was just it was it was so good. Uh, he he said, I remember when he came out with that, he wanted a minor threat like project. So that's what he considered Boxcar Racer, uh, which I th- thought was pretty, pretty ballsy to say for weird anybody. In, yeah, weird super weird. But <laughs> he wanted a more hardcore sound. And I don't know that he achieved it as far as hardcore goes, but it's still good. It's It's still super good. If you stand it up next to... A blink record, it is. <laughs> yeah, 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 it probably is. But I don't even think he, that would stand against like even a transplants record as a more hardcore sound. Yeah, transplants were still man. Travis Barker had a lot of friggin' projects going on. Yeah, and then who he was, did transplants uh, too? He was in transplants and boxcar racer and blink and aquabats. And I never even disliked a transplants record, like, I didn't get super into them, but I liked them. I don't know if they put, I mean, I don't know if those dudes ever missed, but I did, I did not listen to Angels and Airwaves. But I don't, that might just be a that was a preferential thing at the time. Oh, for sure, because Angels and Airwaves were more experimental, like, uh, spacey, ambient type stuff going on, yeah, where you know, everybody else was used to punk rock uh, pop punk rock and straightforward music yeah. <laughs> as opposed there, to whatever that was there's a lot of there's a I, I watched like kind of a making of uh that record and man they did a lot of really cool and wild stuff for that record like they they recorded 
a shoebox full of rocks, and that's on a track. They uh, did some backwards tracking and then mixed that one way and then put it forward again, and it sounded completely different. Like, there's a lot of really cool production stuff on that record. On the adventure. Oh, on the one that adventures on. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. We don't. We don't. We don't. We don't need to whisper. Yeah. We don't need to whisper. And I only know that because it was another album that came out in May 2006. So let's (laughs) start running down this list. Yeah, that's probably where I was at. On May 1st, Snow Patrol Eyes Down. I don't know that one. I I I don't either. I just know Snow Patrol got big for a while. I do know that one. I don't remember the tracks that are on it. I was big into Snow Patrol for a little while, too. Wow. You just bailed out on Taking Back Sunday and said, you know what? I'm a Snow Patrol guy I'm a, now. I'm, I was up for anything. <laughs> like, I, obviously, Except I was... for Taking Back Sunday without yeah. their vocals and guitars. Fort, Fort Minor, Angels and Airwaves, Snow Patrol. Like, I was in. Also, on May 1st, this is an album I listened to heavily. Uh, I might I might have listened to it, like, a couple months ago, actually. It is First Blood, California. It's a hardcore record. Don't know that one. I think they're California based. I would imagine California. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, May second, we have Toll with Ten Thousand Days, which it, it, it's probably how long it takes to fucking listen to that thing. Oh man, I'm a very specific time period Tool fan. Um, and that was past that. That was past that. Yeah, uh, I am I, not a Tool fan. <laughs> yeah, I am opiate undertow anemia and then done out yeah just like they to me that sounds like you stayed three albums too long nah nah undertow is i think i've said it on here before undertow is a 10 out of 10 for me yeah you've said it and and i I refuse to bring it to you because i don't want you (laughs) i i don't want you to shit on it and then i don't want to go back and listen to it and be like oh no this is a three Next up is May 2nd, Pearl Jam's Pearl Jam. Oh, the self-titled one. That one is cool for a really weird reason. I believe one of those songs was written by Damien Eccles, who was one of the West Memphis Three. They were wrongfully accused of kidnapping and killing three um, really young boys in West Memphis. And they were picked out because of the type of music they listened to, the way they looked. They were kind of gothy kids that were into Wicca and stuff like that. And basically, like, they were just thrown into prison for their lives for just being outsiders. And is it still a grunge record? No. Pearl Jam has not been grunge for a while at this point. Not really. Not in the terms of... Okay, let me rephrase. Yeah. Would it still sound like grunge to me? <laughs> I don't think so. I think it would sound more rock and roll to you. Okay, so it's kind of in the same ballpark then where I'd be like, <laughs> okay. all right. All right. Yeah, I don't need I, generic rock and roll. Just like you don't need generic band. I don't need generic rock right, and roll. Right, right. Yeah. It's not my favorite Pearl Jam record, but that that one little tidbit made me like, oh, okay. I kind of I was I was a big West Memphis three kind of supporter guy for a while. May second. Mob Deep's Blood Money. Any uh, any listens there? Should you listen to that thing? Not that one. Like maybe a few tracks from Mob Deep. I, I haven't really given them a, a serious listen. I probably should. Oh, I know you listened to this nice record. Also May 2nd, Thursday is a city by the light divided. 100% I did. Oh, six. That's what you were in right there. We're finding it. That was we're where I was falling out for Thursday, though. But you were still listening to it. We know. Yeah. I, oh, I, I picked it up release day, I'm sure. May 2nd, this was a big record for me, and I think you have listened to this, Drop Dead Gorgeous in Vogue. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fucking bad yeah, note for me. that's a good one. That record. Another record, well, this record wasn't big for me, but this band was for a short period of time. May 6th, we have Greeley Estates with Go West Young Man, Let the Evil Go East. I don't think I've ever heard them. It was the first band I ever saw at Warped Tour. Like, they were oh, the wow. very first act that my first time at Warped Tour, the very first act I saw, and it was pretty, like, I don't know if I even like them. I, <laughs> they have a record that came out after this that I got into, but I don't even think, like, they were my thing at the time. But because that was the first live band I saw at Warped Tour, I was like, these guys are great. Oh, yeah. I The first band I saw at a Warped Tour was The Deviates. Met them after their set. That song, Come With Me, was on every single compilation album for, like, five years. 
Yeah, I think that was after I saw them. Like Every they only had one. one uh, they only have one record out, and I bought it there and then, and had them all sign it. And I think I still have it. Like I honestly think at one time I owned four compilation albums that had that track. That had that track on it. Yeah. On May eighth, we have Hoobastanks. Every man for himself. Was that not their first record? I I don't think so because the reason was their huge hit, and that was like. Oh, four. Yeah, that's the only one of, of Hoobastank's records I know. I saw Hoobastank live. They played The Reason. I decided that if I needed to listen to something like that, I was just going to listen to Incubus. It was at a festival. I didn't go to see Hoobastank. Liar. I think <laughs> that might be the one we got in a car accident on the way home. Wasn't great. Um, oh, no. May 9th, we have Red Hot Chili Peppers Stadium Arcadium. Nope. No, I don't think there's any Red Hot Chili Peppers fans on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> not even not even recording this podcast. I don't know how that dude, what's the main dude from Red Hot Chili Peppers name? Anthony Kiedis. Yeah, I don't know how like he came out with that book where he said that he had this relationship with a 14-year-old girl. They had sex multiple times and nobody said a fucking word. Like nobody cared. It's the weirdest I fucking thing. I didn't know anything about that. That's incredibly disturbing. It's fucking weird that nobody said a damn word about it. It's insane that, it, that it, he wrote it in his book. And oh, really? then I didn't like, know that at all. Oh, okay. okay, moving on. Wow. Uh, something else to come out on May 9th. With, I actually listened to this for the first time like three weeks ago. So this is a big oh, really? coincidence that this happened. Right. And I don't know. I don't know why I missed these guys at the time because it should have been right on my alley. Against All Authority with the restoration of Chaos and Order. I've never listened to it punk band like legit yeah. punk band it should have been right up my alley i don't know how i missed him i think there was just other things that i was listening to i guess because yep. I, yeah i i loved the record when it was almost my record of the week a couple weeks ago when i listened to it. oh really may 11th and I'm, I'm interested to know if you've listened to these guys because i got a record to bring to you of them if you haven't oh, we okay. have the album straying from the pack by the coffin cats no they are like supremely they- like Horror rockabilly. Like, I was gonna say they're like psychobilly. Yes. yes. I, oh man, I feel like a buddy of mine had mentioned them to me before, and maybe I listened to a little bit from them, but I can't remember. I, I learned of them on a compilation album that they had a song Chainsaw Massacre that I mm. wasn't listening to anything Billy like, and that yeah song where you gonna run to where you gonna hide when you're hanging from a hook i skinned you alive i fucking love it <laughs> so much and i listened to the record that, that was off of and fell in love with that record too i don't even like most psychobilly or rockabilly yeah. stuff at all but i got really into them for a while i like some rockabilly stuff uh it's few and far between but that's only because i don't look for it mm-hmm. but yeah uh I, I i've never listened to a full record of theirs so yeah throw them on the list <laughs> may have to throw it on the list. Yeah. May 15th, Architects debut album, Nightmares. I'm a big Architects fan. Nightmares, I don't know, though. Next album, May 23rd. We already talked about Angels and Airwaves, We Don't Need to Whisper. But another record that you were probably listening to, although I'm waiting for you to tell me this is where you fell off of this band. May <laughs> 23rd, In With the Out Crowd, Less Than Jake. Uh, I've never fallen off of that band. Uh, okay. and i just figured this is the time you were falling off of all bands you were just no dying. less than jake they're actually on the list for you i really love less than jake when that record came out though i wasn't too high on it i didn't really like it that much but it's probably like three or four years ago i went back to it and man that thing's that thing's a great record all right you heard it here first every record by less than jake is a 10 out of 10 from scott that Um, is not true but (laughs) they're damn close (laughs) may 23rd another hardcore band that i was getting into at this time so there's two big hardcore records that came out in may that i was into this is the band nasty with the album declaring war Mm, don't know I was, I was a fan of it. It was it was super fast and gritty hardcore, whereas the okay. California was more of like a beat down type of hardcore. Sure, sure. And then last up that I have here for albums released in May 2006, Alien Ant Farms up in the attic. I picked that up. You might be the one. Yeah, right. I know. I think they I think they broke up after that record. <laughs> if Smooth Criminal wasn't on it, nobody wanted it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't go into that record expecting Smooth Criminal or... Uh... I think the other track was movies 
that's all the notes I have for this. So it's time to get into your review, track by track, of Endless Mike of the Beagle Clubs, The Husky Tenor. Scott, take it away. All right. Well, first up, Weird Internet. Uh, I said straight away, I love the vibe. Also, when you said local band, I thought you meant Pittsburgh area, not actual (laughs) hometown band. Uh, Like we said earlier, it's like the first line of this first song is something about uh, Johnstown. The road only leads out of Johnstown or something like that. It's a one way leads out only out. Yeah. Uh, I love how he changed up the lyrics the second time through with the chorus. When you speak of chains instead of when you speak Mm -hmm. of change. I actually really love how his voice cracks at the end. Just like a little minor imperfection. He does this little, I don't want to say falsetto, but he he kicks it up a notch in his voice. But then right at that last, it's it's like the last line. Uh, his voice cracks just a little bit. I was like, oh man, I love those things. To me, and I didn't want to like say anything to influence you before you listen to it, but to mm-hmm. me, and, and maybe the relation is only because I was getting into them at the same time, sure. but I, Mike Miller gives me a lot of like Mountain Goats vibes, like with the songwriting and everything. Yeah, the voice, the voice is kind of like a similar uh, yeah. level. And then, yeah, the writing is pretty incredible. I think I go into it a little bit more in the tracks later on, but yeah, his writing is just, it, it's funny because when you mentioned earlier in this episode, how like he writes about, what did you say? Like the meaninglessness of certain things, the significance of the insignificant. That's what I meant. Yeah. When he said, uh, <laughs> when you said that he writes about the significance of the insignificant that's in here on this record. And I just, like, one tracker in particular kind of blew my mind with the thought of it. And we'll, we'll get into that later. I have always loved his writing. And then I was actually um, lucky enough that he was doing a thing where he was going, they were going to press like just lathe cut vinyls. Like you choose a song yeah, and you can get lathe cut vinyl. I got uh, Mr. Miller's opus, which is off this record. Oh yeah. I got the, the closer, I, right? It is the closer. I got Baghdad, which is like a hardcore song they did on their next album. Oh, okay. And then I actually contacted him and got him to write the track that I used to propose to Tara with. So like we talked and he like asked about our relationship, how we met, what our likes are, you know, what our plans for the future and stuff are. And it is, I almost tear up like thinking about it because the song is so perfect it yeah. is exactly what I was expecting. It exceeded expectations. It, I, I couldn't be happier with how it came out, and it is so special. And then, like, it gives me a little more when I listen to this stuff too now, because like I, I'm like, oh yeah, it, it feels like another connection to for him. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Very thankful for not only Mike Miller the musician, but Mike Miller the person. I am thankful for also. Yeah, I I think you played me a a, a little bit of that track, and I remember it being pretty awesome. So moving on to the second track, Walking on the Side of the Road. Lucas was not a fan of the feedback at the beginning of this track. Really? <laughs> yeah, he hated it. So uh, when he gave it to me, I looked it up and started listening. And I think we went out to go get lunch. And this song <laughs> this song came on. And he just like covered his ears and was like, had this painful look on his face. He's like, I hate this. <laughs> wow. I was like, wow, I kind of like it. Yeah, I love it because it creates the beat for the song in an unconventional yeah. way. But yeah, he hated that. He hated it so much. <laughs> uh, but I, I I, feel right at home in the feedback. Um, mm-hmm. I get a little bit of a mix of Elliot Smith and Bright Eyes in this song. Okay. The line, should we mourn like we believe in something or live like someone died? is such an amazing line. I heard that and then I had to play it back again real quick. Like I did a quick, like 30 second back so I could catch it again. I was like, Oh my God, that's so amazing. I love all the additional instrumentation on this track, the horns, maracas, super distorted guitar. It's amazing. Uh, Ended with the feedback with like the same feedback that it started with Mm -hmm. was just like a beautiful touch. Like it, it's a chef's kiss on this song. 
I love to hear it. And I'm I'm actually glad now that you never listened to this because we wouldn't be able to have this conversation if you had listened to this before <laughs> when I told you to. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for not listening to what I told you to listen to before we were doing a podcast. 100%. Thanks for not, you know, indulging me saying, this is great. I think you'll like it <laughs> because I know I've done the same thing to you. <laughs> 100%. It's so funny because I know you've done it too. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'll check it out. And then I just, well, not, uh, yep, exactly. And then you get into something else and then, yeah. Yeah. But it's it just funny. goes by the way. It does. But like the first two songs, you can, you can already tell like how broad this band can be sound wise, even though they oh, yeah. work together well, but the first two sound almost completely different. Like it's, 100%. it's a wild thing. Yeah. And I think, I think it's that whole that like, Mike Miller just ties it all together. You know what I mean? Like he is the, the connecting thread between each track, no matter how different it sounds sonically. Yeah. It's pretty wild. So then track three, we have the yellow walkie talkie Uh, flows perfectly from the last track. Uh, What a great transition. That opening guitar riff has a little country flavor to it. And I love it. There's another really great line in here. If it makes it easy, when you're feeling all alone, you're feeling all alone with me. And I was like, oh, man. When I was re-listening to this this week, I was like, wow, he's going to be feeling that lyric hard this week. 100%. Because I knew, I, even though you weren't alone, I know when you get in your you know, your down state, you, yeah. you feel alone. So I was like, yeah. he's got to be feeling that one. Yeah, that, w- that's a, that was a big one. <laughs> I love the anti-government sentiment of this one. Uh, sweet little jab at George W. there towards the end, uh, and I appreciate that. Before we move on past three, I wanted to bounce back sure. to one real quick because I forgot to ask you because the the there's one lyric from Weird Internet mm-hmm. that I that is kind of the reason I told you to listen to it because of how much oh, I man. love it. And it's the so honestly, Abe, did you have the Matt Four score or was it more about what you had to say? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I love. That that might be, and by the way, there's so many good lyrics on this record, but I love that so much. It blew me away the first time I heard it. Yeah, when I heard it, I was like, it made me think because I, I mean, we all know what we know about Abe Lincoln. But yeah, I was like, oh man, that might be too deep for me. But I loved it. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Moving on to Untitled As Of Yet. A nice little acoustic track. Kind of shows up a little bit in a, a later track on here. But yeah, it's sweet little quick one. Nothing to really say about it. The quick one works perfectly for me because Yellow Walkie Talkie is a pretty long song. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So like having a quick one right after it, it really helps me as a guy who does not like long songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then fifth track. Uh, Lock and Keystone. Yep. Hey, we have the same two seasons in Michigan as in Western PA. <laughs> uh winter in construction so yeah uh really love the bells in this song uh it actually adds a lot to the track i wonder if laura needs her old apartment key though maybe yeah. maybe uh, is it bells or is it a triangle i always thought it was a triangle it's sound like so when i say bells it's more like a xylophone okay and there's some yeah. changes in the notes that made me think it's not the triangle. And the only reason I know it's bells is because Lucas plays them in band at school. So he's a percussionist, oh, okay. but he has to play the bells and the snare and all the other percussion instruments. But yeah. Well, this, this record has also grown with me exponentially. Like every time I revisit it, I feel like I'm at a different point in my life and I, I get different stuff out of it. Sure. And there's not many records I have that do that. Cause I mean, realistically, whenever I like first was introduced to Endless Mike, I wasn't listening to this kind of music at all. Sure. And it was probably only that punk lilt that got me into it. Like there was like, yeah. there was a little heaviness there that was like, OK, this is enough. And then once I saw them live and saw how much fun everybody was having and then seeing there was like a few people that would pretend that they knew the words. Like, do you ever see those people that would oh, sing the yeah. word like? A nanosecond after they said Afterwards, the words. Yes, I love it. <laughs> it's so it's funny. It's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> I just think it's, uh, I want to know what it's like to be that person. I like don't, having absolutely no idea what's going on, but really trying hard. 
like, I don't know what the point of it is. Like, I feel if I feel secondhand embarrassment, how do you not feel embarrassed to do it? Like, it's wild to me. But that's the thing, right? They're just so free to be that way. Like, exactly. Do it. Like, oh, I don't man, like, I wish I could. I, would, I wouldn't call somebody out, but it's just like this is I, I get better. I, I get embarrassed watching it. I feel like walk away to a different place. I'm just like, yeah. I'll go over here and watch this band. Right. But then there was also a a, a group of my friends started a band around this time and they were called the Lashkey kids. And okay. it was kind of a similar vibe of endless Mike. And sure. it was anytime there was a show played, whoever wanted to be on the stage, grab a, gra- like I said, grab a tambourine, grab a cabeza. Cabeza was like, yeah. the cabeza was like the, the, the golden cup of your playing with the band. Like if you get the cabeza, you feel like you're a professional you're musician. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> And I, I always loved what they, what they did. And it was always a fun time with them too. It was like our version of endless Mike. And they played like high school talent shows that like I would be on stage playing the tambourine or whatever the shit I like. It was just, it was just fun. Like I loved him. One of the members of that band is actually the photographer at my wedding. Oh, wow. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it is awesome. It's, it's very awesome. And like, that's the other thing about this album and endless Mike in general, they bring my head back to that time. And I do feel lucky because at the time I remember thinking on some of those days where it was just like a full day of basement shows at my buddy's house and going outside and talking to each other. I remember yeah. thinking like, this is a, this is special. Like yeah. we're actually oh, living sure. this. This isn't, this isn't going to continue forever. This is, this is going to end. All right. of us are going to do our own thing. But right now this is very special. Yeah. Like my dad That's walked awesome. in one time, hammered, didn't even know I was performing. <laughs> <laughs> he was just showing up for the show because <laughs> there was no, just because he saw a bunch of people outside and people were <laughs> hammered. So he was like, "Hey, what's going on here?" That's and he came awesome. and he's like, "Hey, what's up? What's up, bubs?" <laughs> I was like, hey, "Hey, hey, dad. Hey, nice seeing you here in my friend's basement that you didn't know I was at." So what's the next track? Where are we at? Uh, uh, we're at the Outlaw Trail. Yeah, uh, banjo on this one. Uh, I love it. Did they actually use a saw as an instrument on this track? I can't confirm or deny. I don't know. Okay. There, there's a part in there that my finely attuned ear picked up that I'm pretty sure it was like a saw with like a violin bow like that they play. Uh, it's either that or a theremin, but I'm pretty sure it was a saw. Uh, and it's amazing. It adds so much to it. I said this I'm track. Honest, feels- it's equally as possible that it's, that it's a theremin. or both, right? <laughs> either one or both. This track feels like I'm hanging out drinking moonshine with a jug band on a porch in the middle of nowhere. So maybe that's why I went saw instead of theremin, just because it f- felt like that's what it should have been on this track. Yeah, uh, yeah I guess it could be either one. Yeah, it's it's great. I love the inclusion of all the crazy instruments on this record, like all over this yeah. record. It's a, yeah, it's pretty cool that you can do that. They can transport you to a place with every track. Like, you, oh, like yeah. every single track you're, you're in it with them. It's not, they're not playing it for you. Like you're there. It's like a live show. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's what they're trying to do is yeah. make it feel like they're live shows and not a live show where they're up on a stage that's above your head. Oh no, never. It's, no, you're it's on a the live floor. show that you're on the floor uh, maybe the stage is three inches higher than you are, uh, yeah. or you're, like I said, sitting on a porch and listening to a jug band. Th- this record just feels like a bunch of friends hanging out. Yeah, and you're eye level with the band the whole time. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, yeah, you're grabbing the mic to sing along, yes, and, and Mike doesn't give a shit, and he's like, yeah. So next up is This Machine Kills Pacifists. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love the lyricism in this one, the rhyming patterns and words he uses are really good and just they just sound real good not the meaning of the words themselves but the sounds of the words sound mm-hmm. really good along with the meaning but like the choice of syllables used in this song uh really phenomenal uh i really like the idea of confronting bob dylan at two different times of his life yes <laughs> and then kind of like equating it to to the listener to us like if you meet the Husky tenor era of him, what you should act like towards Mike the same way he acts towards Dylan. Uh, I loved it. I thought that was, uh, that was really fun. That was a, that was a fun idea. This is one of the biggest like mountain goes vibes for me. 
because oh, like it's sure. such a it's such an like an external thought process that I've never even thought to have. Like I would never even know how to sit down to write this song because I would have never thought. Yeah, let's have a hypothetical conversation with Bob Dylan. Like I just it wouldn't <laughs> right. cross my mind. We're like we're idolizing him in the first conversation, but in the second conversation, we're giving him shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and yelling Hootie and the Blowfish at a at a endless mic show was always fun. <laughs> I'm sure. So then next up, we have the call is coming from inside the house. Sounds like a pot and spoon are being used as instruments at the start of this track. It's fantastic. Uh, Man, I love this song, even though it's empty. I love the play of the words and the lyrics about things not knowing what they are. This This is that song where the insignificant is significant or the significance of other insignificant things. Yeah. I think it is a like a house not knowing that it's a house and a song not knowing that it's empty. What a a fun little song with almost like no meaning. I I don't know. Like it's like it has a really really deep meaning. But the deep meaning is that it But the deep meaning is that it doesn't have a meaning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So great. By the way, I think this album's a 10 out of 10. Like this this album sure. to me is a perfect album and yeah. that might just be because of how it's grown with me. Like when I first mm-hmm. heard it it was not, but because it's grown with me and I get different things out of it. Sure. The the only problem I have on this entire album is how long it takes this track to get into its track because I love the track, but that yeah. intro to me is just a hair too long. Just a little bit too long. Yeah. Like I skipped this track for years because of how long it took to get into it. Oh, really? But now, I if I know it's on and I, I, I it doesn't bother me. But that's the sure. only issue I've ever had with this whole record. Oh wow! And it like it doesn't bother me anymore. Okay. It's just because I know what track it is. Like I'm like, right. okay, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. I know it's coming. Give it an extra second. Next, okay, we're there. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we have All Points Bulletin. Not a bad track, but not my favorite. Uh, the yeah. second voice, the female voice on this one, was kind of distracting. Because okay. I think at this point I had gotten used to Mike's voice, which was another thing that happened on Mountain Goats. Like I had to kind of get used to his voice. And I, I had finally gotten so used to his voice that I I loved it. And off of the last track, the greatness of the last track, just like maybe this song is better in a different placement on the record. But following up, the call is coming from inside the house. I don't know that any song could follow that up. Spoiler, yeah. the call is coming from inside this house is my number one. <laughs> I, I, I figured, so. I figured yeah. so after the way you pushed about it. All points built and just kind of meh. That's fair. Next up, we have Route 1981. I love the live piano sound on this one. Like it, it's not like you can feel the warmth of like an open top piano, a live piano. Mm-hmm where it's not like a keyboard with a piano setting. This definitely feels like they were had mic'd up a real piano. Um, and I love the sound. His songwriting ability is dazzling. If you're, yeah, if you're writing down the word dazzling, that that's, that's another level. Yeah. I don't think I could hit those high notes if I wanted to, because he had <laughs> like, he goes super high on this track. And yeah, after reading the lyrics and living with a song after, you know, over the week, I can't, I can't sing along to this one. I've become one of those people at the, <laughs> at the show that are a millisecond after, because I can't hit that high note. The one, one of another, one of my favorite lyrics on this record is I've got an Atlas I can hold. I've got a roadmap, a roadmap you can fold. Cause it yeah. just, that line just reminds me so much of just any, like any, even tiny road trip, like even driving yeah. 40 miles with a friend. Like, I'm just like, this is just perfect. This just back feels before, right. Back before your phone had GPS and map quest. Yeah. And yeah, I remember those days too. Moving on to the closer. Yeah. Mr. Miller's opus strings. This record has everything aside from the line breaking the two packs a day. Mark, I feel slash felt so much of this song. What a great closer. As I'm waiting to just disappear is a brilliant final line. What a closing line on a closing track. Talk about like the track that is the scream along track at a live show. Like this is just like everybody has their arms around each other and yeah. you're all just like shouting these lyrics. It, it, it 
the track by itself I love, but the yeah. the the experiences I have hearing this track live with these people that I've shared this experience with that were the only people that had that experience at that time together. It's so special to me. Like oh, I, yeah. I love this track so much. And this is where the uh, the untitled little acoustic song shows back yeah. up on this track. And I, yeah, dude, the you know me and how I feel about adding instrumentation to certain things. Mm-hmm. The addition of the orchestral strings on this track, having that different feeling than from the jug band feel mm-hmm. on uh, on the Outlaw Trail. This just takes me to like an orchestral shell stadium, not stadium, but like a an orchestral shell like pavilion type thing watching it live and just having like the Philharmonic in the back playing all these strings and just it's a it's a great great closer and there's just like every line is like like you know how a lot of bands for a while were doing that thing like I think we talked about like brand new where they were just trying to have those memorable one-liners yeah yeah this 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 track, Mr. Miller's Opus, is just one liner after one liner after right. one liner, after, like the whole track. Yeah, and that's what I was saying. Like I I feel so much of these lyrics, but I never broke the two packs a day mark. But I felt everything else. Okay, so I guess we'll go top three. What are your top three from this record? You already said uh, calls from from inside the house is number one. That was my number one. Yep, uh, Route nineteen eighty one is my number two. I, I can't tell you how much of a vibe that live piano feel gave me for this song. Like it just, it, if it had been a keyboard, I wouldn't have liked it as much. Like it wouldn't have fit in this record as much for me, but riding off the backs of all these banjos, tambourines, harmonicas, a saw, like all these crazy additional instruments to have like a real feeling piano on a track was was big and I, I loved it. Uh, my number three is the outlaw trail. I, I want to be on that front porch with this band. <laughs> like, I want to, I want to see this. It's just, yeah, it's so great, but really I could list off another easy three songs that I could put in this top three. This, this I'm with you. And yeah, the only reason I'm saying I'm not saying the Outlaw Trail is because you said it because Outlaw Trail is up there as one of my top songs. Yeah, but so good. I'm gonna I'm gonna go three. This machine kills pacifists. That's, I love that yep, song. I love that song too. That would be like my number four. I'm gonna go two. Let's throw in Lock and Keystone. I'm a big fan That's of so the, Lock good. The, the the bell on there. Yeah, like, what I what I always thought was a triangle, but you know well, it might be percussion. Your metallic just... percussion more than I do. <laughs> and then my number one will always be Mr. Miller's opus. And yeah. yes, it may be because of what I have tied to it, but it doesn't it's matter. An it's, incredible record. Yeah, incredible it's a super amazing song. And like I said, like as a closer, it, it's a perfect closer. And then that final line is a perfect line for a closer. I Yeah, it's super good. So then Scott, Endless Mike and the Beagle Club, the Husky Tenor. Yep. Is it a throne? Is it an own? Is it a phone? Or is it a groan? For this kind of weird genre, bending <laughs> genre that this record sits in, uh, the very like indie kind of country punk vibe that I get from this, uh, it is a throne in whatever genre that is. It's a throne! We got it. We did it. Thank you for not listening to this when I told you to listen to it before. Yeah. Because uh, I wouldn't get to enjoy this this point. This record is a record that the Lumineers wish they could make. I know the Lumineers only by name, so I All guess that's I know a good is joke. that Ho Hey song uh, that is very tough. indie and country feeling, but... That's tough. Fuck that. This record is so much better. Uh, fuck that. Tell yourself you're beautiful and then meet me on the stairs. Are you going to explore more of their discography after? This? Uh, yeah, I definitely will. I looked it up and all they have available is a CD on their band camp. And I'm I'm going to order it because I want a physical copy of this. Uh, just a little cleanup here about the band real quick. In 2004, sure. they came out with pieces of string too small to use. OK, this one came out in 06. In 08, they came out with We Are Still at War. 
And then in 2016, they put out St. Paul, which came out, and you, I think you'll like this information, on mm-hmm. AF Records. Really? Yes. And St. Paul was produced by Anti-Flag's Chris Number 2. That's awesome. And it showcases the intricate structure of the band's arrangements while still capturing the urgency of their show, occurring uh, according to AF Records' website. That's awesome. I'm going to, I'm for real, I'm going to really check that one out, but I want to listen to like everything they've done. I think. Oh, in addition yeah. to that, there's many EPs. There's, oh, a, sure. there's a couple B-side records and there are myriad singles out there. Also, if you go to like, I don't know if it was their band camp or not there, I'll send you the link to it, but they have like all their stuff on this one website and even for this record, it has that there's like 14 bonus tracks. Oh, wow. And it's usually yeah, just like live their, versions of it. Yeah, I think on their band camp, they have a thing where you can pay $30 to get their entire discography, uh, a digital download of all their discography. This mm-hmm. For this record, though, I want a physical copy, so I'll probably yeah. order the CD. Yeah, I would love to have this record on vinyl. I would love oh, God, to yeah. have this record. Me too. I hope I hope it happens sometime. I really do. But well, get in touch with your buddy Endless Mike and make it happen. My, my buddy, <laughs> my buddy, Endless Mike is out there still performing just as Endless Mike. Okay, like there's no. I was going to ask if they were still active. Uh, recording. I know Endless Mike like is. Okay, like Endless Mike is out there performing and touring. I, I don't know all his dates. I don't keep up with where, sure, where he goes. Sure, sure, yeah. Just just to give you an idea of how heavily a lot of people in my circle at the time were involved in endless Mike and the beagle club. Their logo was like a silhouette of a beagle. I don't know if you saw it. Like that was mm-hmm. kind of their logo. Yeah. I three or four people have that tattooed on them. That's awesome. I get it much more now than I did then because mm-hmm. I think maybe I just wasn't mature enough to get all of it. Right. But I love this record. Yeah. It's I so, so good. I appreciate Mike Miller as a musician and as a human being. Yeah. And it's such a bright spot in my life and like adding, adding my memories of them playing basement shows and seeing them play live elsewhere and then adding it to that, like Mike Miller is responsible for like proposing to ride. It's just like, wow, like I never knew this much would be tied up in endless Mike. (laughs) I'm so happy it is. Yeah, that's awesome. So it's a throne other than this throne record this week. You had plenty of time. What else were you yeah. listening to? Uh, I listened to, I, I rediscovered an artist that I hadn't listened to in quite a while. I was listening to Secrets and Escapes uh, by Brother Ali. Uh, his voice is just so smooth. He is an amazing lyricist. The beats on this thing are really what i needed they're not harsh beats they're pretty instrumental very um alchemist feeling beats uh i don't know who who the producer was on it i didn't look it up but man this record is so good so so good and he's got a a quality feature on that so you know i was down for that track but yeah so good I, i super underrated i think brother ali yeah i am not familiar like i've seen the name but i've never listened I might I might bring you a record, but it might be a while because I know how you feel about conscious stuff. Yeah, give me um, a little, give me a little time. Give me a yeah, little I'm time. Gi- yeah, I'm going to give you a bit before we jump into that. But maybe here, how about this? Maybe because I talked about how much the seasons affect how I listen to music. Wait till like fall or winter, because then I'll be in more of a conscious mind state. Sure. Well, we'll wait till the fall. Think, like summer, I'm just trying to vibe all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm not, not trying to think about anything. Just trying to vibe every day yeah but yeah that's what i was listening to i definitely needed chill vibes this week i don't have a record of the week per se okay i have i have two tracks that i'm that i think i'm gonna say that are my record of the week like just two individual sure, tracks. just a two-pack it's, i i need to mention this because i can't go another second without saying it Drake's new album is the worst album of the year. <laughs> Certified Lover Boy is is no good for you? No, he released a new album Friday. Wait, really? It's called I didn't realize he was putting out another one this close after uh CLB. Well, that was, CLB was 2021. 
Oh, so I he apologize. had to put one out this year. He had to put one out this year, and it is it's called Honestly Nevermind. Okay, is what the name of Drake's new album is. And I mean that that's all I've done for his entire career. So I'll I'll just keep. Well, here's the then. thing: if you ever wanted to cement the fact that you will not like Drake. Go and listen to him rap over EDM and house beats for oh, no. a whole album minus one track. There's one track on it that is an absolute banger. It's the closer from it. <laughs> and this is this is how it will play into my two tracks is because that is actually one of them. Like, I think the, the oh. final track is so good and it features a man okay. who is on the other track that is my you know record of the week and i think he is very underrated okay and that is 21 savage because Uh, yeah i know you were a big fan of his last record last year i think right uh savage mode 2 may came out two years ago at this point but geez man i'm so like lost (laughs) in dates now the only track off his new record drake's new record by the way 14 tracks oh i know you're not a fan of that all forgettable all forgettable, <laughs> all EDM house beats. But the last track, Jimmy Cooks featuring 21 Savage, sounds like an actual rap song. It's not an EDM beat. It's like, it, I, it honestly feels like it doesn't fit onto this record at all. But oh, that's okay. one of them is Jimmy Cooks by Drake featuring 21 Savage. And the other one is Cash In, Cash Out, which is Pharrell featuring Tyler Creator and 21 Savage. That song oh, to I me will saw not somebody stop post playing. that. I didn't listen to it though. I was curious. Yeah, I. Pharrell's production on that is so incredible because that's just what Pharrell does to begin yeah. with. And then Tyler is rapping, 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 rapping right? Yeah. Like he is going off. And then 21 Savage always does a thing where he talks in like monotone, like he's always done it. Mm-hmm. But the hook on on cash in, cash out is him saying cash in, cash out, cash in, cash out, cash in, cash out, cash out, cash out, cash out, cash out. But Oof. after he does it once through... You can hear he I've never heard him do it ever before is he has inflection in his voice. And I can just imagine Pharrell saying, hey, just twist that up a little bit. And it it, it's just the minimal like he just goes cash in, cash out, cash in. Like there's just a tiny bit, Mm -hmm. which is like, I haven't heard that. And Pharrell is a goddamn genius. Like I (laughs) love it. That's three of my favorite dudes in hip hop period like tyler 21 savage and pharrell together on this track so cash in cash out and jimmy cooks 21 savage go down in history this year as being a feature god because i'll listen to anything he's on period but those are my two and my anti-record of the week is uh, honestly never mind by drake my biggest fear about this drake record is I think it it's our I think it's gonna be number one. Like it'll already be number one at, sure. the, at the top of the you know at the top of the charts because it's Drake, whatever. But the the issue I have is Drake has a history of predicting what the next waves are going to be with oh, pop. So it might pop. be this. <laughs> so if if pop hip hop turns into rapping over these EDM beats and these mm-hmm. house beats, I'm out. Like I I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. Maybe if somebody who I who is like a great rapper can pull it off better, because honestly, it's R, it's not even Drake rapping. It's R&B over mm. house beats like he's just singing and doing whatever. Sure. Doing what Drake does like this is it's what Drake does. It's whatever. Like. I didn't like Certified Lover Boy either, but I would listen to Certified Lover Boy twice through before I listen to this thing again. So don't listen to Drake album, but go listen to the final track. Jimmy Cooks with 21 Savage and listen to Cash In Cash Out by Pharrell featuring Tyler Creator and 21 Savage. Scott, what am I listening to next week? Oh, well, we kind of talked about it a little bit in the episode. I'm just going to pull the trigger and say you're going to listen to Fort Minor's The Rising Tide. And it's been a while since I listened to it. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun going back and, and hearing what this is all about. I remember one song in particular that got me. So like I said, I'm familiar with Mike Shinoda. I like hip hop. I liked early Linkin Park. I, cause I haven't really experienced later Linkin Park. Cause it kind of was out of my wheelhouse at the time, but I'm excited to listen to it. And yeah, the I fact that we have a, we have like a tie from this episode to the next episode. I like that too. I'm That's always fun. Yeah. Yeah. I had a few ideas of what I was going to give you, but none of them really felt right. 
but mentioning this one and knowing that I used to love it, <laughs> mm-hmm. hopefully still do. Like I said, it's been a while since I listened to it, but I'm stoked to listen to it again and then get your opinions on it for sure. Follow us on Twitter at AYLpod. Send us an email at areyoulistening.pod at gmail.com. almost got caught up there. Uh, follow <laughs> the Facebook or join the Facebook group. The link will be in the show notes. Go tell a a hospital nurse about us because they urgent care urgent care nurse. Yeah, well, they already know because Scott sees them all the time. So <laughs> tell a hospital nurse so that so then that way when they see Scott, they'll know what's up. And that's the demo <laughs> we need. We need more nurses as a demo. I, I I see I see those we get those charts in that says like what our demo is, and it's weird they included occupation, but I'll take it. <laughs> I, and nurse is low. I know nurses yeah, low. Nurse is since, low. since we had that. We had that dock worker shout out, and I know that we got more <laughs> dock workers now. That number's up. So now we need more nurses. So go tell your nurse friends. Pass it along. If you're, you know, go tell go tell a phlebotomist. You know, I know they they, they, they have a plenty of time to listen to music. They don't need to look. They don't need to listen to veins. Um, other than that, thank you for listening. Thank you for bringing the record to me. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Thank you for the episode. Thank you for the podcast. Thank you for the friendship. Yep. Thank you. Are you listening? Are you listening? Like my dad walked in one time hammered, didn't even know I was performing. It's a throne! And I'm assuming you had your shirt off, you were all greased up.